Welcome to Joy Christian Center. We're so glad you joined us today. If you're ever in the St. Cloud area, please join us for one of our 9 or 1045 a.m. services. Our services last about an hour. We pray that today's message will inspire and challenge you. Welcome to Elevate, y'all. It's good to see you. Actually, when Stephanie, I didn't know how many were here when Stephanie asked that question, I heard a rambunctious response. I was like, wow, they're on point tonight. God is good, amen? amen. Well, I just, I just pray that uh, you receive tonight. I'm not Pastor Brian, obviously. Uh, I am Pastor John, and you never know, there might be guests here. Uh, so I, you know, we go through the habit of saying, I'm not the senior pastor here. I'm one of the associates. And um, whether it's Pastor Tommy or myself or Pastor Tim or, or anybody else who gets the privilege of sharing God's word here, uh, we count that a privilege. We also want to be a blessing to our pastor who, um, you know, uh, just, you know, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. I've been on staff at a church for now 16 years and, um, you know, senior pastors, they just got a lot going on. I don't know how else to say that. And that's a good thing, right? They got a lot happening in their lives from ministering and uh, each week. And how many, how many are just thankful for the words that we get each week from our pastor? Oh, man. Amen. Uh, and and, and as, as those who, from time to time, he, he asks us and taps us, we just want to be a blessing to him as much as anything and certainly a blessing to you. So uh, if you are disappointed that Pastor Brian's not here... Um, <laughs> You know, he's teaching tonight. Actually, he has the honor and privilege of teaching at a school for the next, I think it's eight weeks or so or something like that, uh, at a school in Monticello, uh, teaching. And he, he's teaching tonight on the renewing of the mind. So uh, I pray that his students are blessed. And uh, he asked me a while back if, if I would uh, minister at Elevate. And I said, absolutely, because like I said, it's our heart to bless him as much as it is to also preach the word because it's in us to do that as well. Um, uh, how many of you enjoyed Pastor Tommy's message two weeks ago? Yeah, right? I've heard it. And, it, you know, it's funny because as, as preachers and, and speakers and stuff, we, if you've been doing it for any length of time, you kind of learn, 
it's, it is, you know, oh, you did good, but you learn to just take that for what it is. In other words, we kind of know we're instructed to teach the word, and, you know, sometimes we can feel good about a message, and, and then other times we may not, we may wonder, you know, did it resonate? That was just one that uh, I know I was just, like, blessed. And, you know, it's weird because I wanted to go up to him and go, that was a good one, and what does that mean? The last one wasn't? Or, you know, I don't know what that means, but it was. And I know you were blessed because I could hear it in different people. And, and what was cool was there was, there was really... The, the thought was there's one, what one thing can you do that will, you know, bring that, that next level of freedom and that walk, your walk with Christ? What's the one thing you could do? And then, of course, the other thing was just showing people, leading others to Christ, pointing others to Christ. Um, so I was blessed by that. And then Pastor Brian kind of played on the yesterday. And that message yesterday, man, wow. And maybe it's just because it was me, but the one thing at the end that will help your marriage, like, the one thing, and it's like, again, so I teased him tonight, I said, I was going to teach one thing, but I can't do that, I'm going to teach you three things by the time it's all over, anyway, no, I'm just teasing, but, but that was awesome, and just, you know, pray out loud with your spouse, and for those that weren't married, I think yesterday was just as good a word in so many ways, you know, uh, just follow after number one while you're waiting for number two, how, how cool was just that thought of Jesus is number one, and if we're married, guess what, he's still our number one. Right, and so just great things. So I, I'm pleased to be able to come come and uh, bring this word. I want to share the origin, kind of, of my thoughts at Elevate, or actually, it is my thoughts at Elevate. It's Pastor Brian when he years ago. I don't even think we were doing Elevate yet, but he taught a series, and and uh, it was taken from Matthew five, and it talked about Jesus was with the crowds, but then Jesus climbed a little higher on the mountain, and it says that his disciples went with him. And then he did a series called Climbing Companions. And then out of that, some, there were some times where Elevate came. And um, the way I like to say it is this. You're here on a Monday night, okay? So I'm going to make some assumptions that you are a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ. That's an assumption I'm making. It may not be true for all of you. But I, I'm going to make the assumption for tonight's message that you're disciplined followers of Christ you're, you're climbing higher, you, you, you endeavor to, you're leaning in, I guess is how I would say it. You're following Jesus and you're leaning in, you know, you're here. Uh, you're, wanting, you're wanting something more. What is God doing? I want to be a part of it. And so, and that's not to say that if somebody's not here, they're not completely. Although there are a lot of people, the last thing you would do is catch them in church on a Monday night. Because the first question would be, why on a Monday? Right? <laughs> I just want to be real because the other side is just as true. Church on a Monday? You know? Because they can't fathom that, whereas we know that's just, we're here because we want to learn. We want to follow Christ. We want to be disciplined in our learning. And so I'm going to make those assumptions that you're here um, and you are, you are disciplined followers. And I'm going to speak to you tonight in a way that uh, if I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you as followers of Christ. Okay? Um, the, other, the other reason I went this route with the message is I, I had never heard Pastor Brian during, I think it was during year in review, and he was sharing vision, a lot of vision of the church, you know, know God, find freedom. Just go. And I don't know if he had never done it, but that week in particular, I heard him talk a few times about this is a hospital. Anybody remember that? This is a hospital. And he, and he kind of was liking it to, you know, some, some, some need triage, right? Well, it was so funny because right after he taught that message, I ended up in the ER, and I got to, like, live through some of it. So I found myself, well, but one of his main points was we, we, we all, everybody say everyone. God's our healer, and we all need healing. All of us. All of us are in different places of that healing at different times in our walk, in our day, in our life, in our week, in our month, in our year. But we're all being healed by the healer. We all need Jesus, and this is a big old hospital. Amen? And he's the healer. 
And we get to be here. And he's going to get to us tonight, maybe. <laughs> I hope. I hope tonight. Um, but anyway, I, I kind of was thinking about that hospital thing. And um, I was putting it together with climbing companions, those climbing, those going, you know, following Jesus, being disciplined. And I began, to, I began to think about it this way. If we're walking together and we're climbing together, each of us at times will have an opportunity for one thing. And you know what it is? It's going to be real deep and biblical and awesome and pump you up. Each of us will have an opportunity to stumble, sometimes trip, and sometimes fall. We just will. And, and um, I, I, you know, when I say that to you, it's like I want to give you some biblical context for that, and I want to make sure it's like, Pastor John, what are you speaking over my life? I rebuke you. Get behind me, Satan. Like, you know, I'm going to be careful there because I don't want you. You will fall. No. What I'm telling you is that in this life, we are walking with following Christ with each other. And each and every one of us at times are going to have time to fall. And, and I'm going to talk about fall and what does that mean or just make a mistake or, or bump ourselves or, or, you know. Uh, there's a scripture I found and it's in Proverbs uh, 24, verse 16. It said, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. Okay? The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. And I, could, I found so many other scriptures where it talks about falling down. The righteous fall down, the Lord lifts him up with his right hand. All these things, right? Um, but I'm speaking to followers of Christ, and I'm telling you, we're going to have an opportunity at times, each and every single one of us, to, to fall down, to miss it. to, to um, and Sometimes falling down hurts. You ever fall down and just hurt? You ever fell down and wondered if anybody was looking? You ever done that? Everybody, right? If you walk enough in Minnesota, you're going to fall down naturally, right? Well, I, I'm, I'm not talking about naturally. I'm talking about spiritually. We just can miss it. We can just fall down. You know, and I never thought of it that way, but all of a sudden we fall down and we're wondering, is anybody looking? Well, there's some things I want to bring in understanding to each of us as followers of Christ. Um, the next verse, which wasn't originally in my notes, but Susan sent it in the slide, so I thought it was interesting. Put up Proverbs 20, 24, 17. I thought this was good. Don't rejoice when your enemies fall. Don't be happy when they stumble. So I thought it was interesting. The word talked about the righteous falling, but then it said, don't be happy or don't rejoice when even your enemy falls. Well, if I'm not supposed to rejoice and be happy when my enemy falls, I'm certainly not going to rejoice and be happy when you fall. Somebody say amen back to me, right? My point there is this, and, and, and we, we've got to understand that we're going to fall. Sorry, Toby, I'm going to do my best. We're going to have people who fall around us. We may be the ones who fall. And I, and I want us to understand that from the standpoint of it's going to happen. And we, we just need to know that. We, we, we almost, I don't want to say be prepared for it, but you need to have an understanding that it's going to happen if we're doing life together and we're following Christ. And what do we do when we fall down or what do we do when someone else falls down? Well, the first thing we can learn is don't rejoice, okay? But um, uh, Pastor Brian, I asked him this today to be sure because I've used it before. And I said, was this you? He said, yes, it was. Somewhere early in his ministry, someone prophesied over him and said, you're well-versed at getting up. And at first he thought, Wait, what does that mean? I fall down a lot? You know, so the, the prophet comes up, you are well-versed at getting up. What does that mean? Well, apparently, if you're well-versed at getting up, you must fall down a few times. You know, and, and he just had to receive that from the prophet for what it was and take that to the Lord. You know, that's what you do with prophecy. First of all, it should line up with something in your own life going through. The prophet doesn't know everything. The prophet only speaks in part. They don't know fully. They just speak in part. But he had to take that. Now, here, here's what I believe. I believe that 
even in you know, his calling, and I can't speak for him, but I would say in his calling and all the years of doing ministry, I know enough to know now, there's lots of times we feel down, and we better learn how to get back up. Okay, In our walk, in our ministry, in our life, with our families, we're gonna, you know, so I, I want to talk to you tonight about that. Um, here's what I mean when I say fall down, because I know some are thinking, are you talking about sin, Pastor John? Um, I, I put it this way, not doing what you know you're supposed to do. Okay, so it's that complicated at first. Not doing what you know you're supposed to do. Okay, how many of you know you're supposed to read the Bible? Okay. How many of you have read the Bible every day for the past year? Okay, right? So, so I'm already talking about you fell down. How many of you tried to do the Bible in a year reading plan? Okay. Some of you have fallen down already. I could have said that in the first week and probably covered a lot. Now, I'm not condemning you. I'm not at all condemning you. What I'm telling you is falling down, when I'm talking about falling down, I'm talking about sometimes it's just you, you know the things you want to do and you don't do them. Go ahead. Jump on in, man. Trust me. Uh, so, so when I'm talking about falling down, I'm talking sometimes about just not doing the things you know you're supposed to do. Um, praying with your family. I thought that was so cool yesterday how Pastor Brian used that one about praying with your spouse. And I love how he was just so authentic and real when he talked about, when I talk about praying out loud with your significant other, some of you just clinch up automatically. And I love that we can be real in church. Because I don't know what the number was. I don't know the percentage, but I promise you it was a lot of people thinking, yeah, why do I feel that way? And then how cool was it? I mean, and how, you know, it was humor. Humor sometimes masks the, the that's why they give you sleeping gas, <laughs> now that I think of the ER room. Humor sometimes masks the thing that's going on to fix you. Is that how I would say it? Well, some of us were laughing when he talked about that prayer. The husband grabbed the wife's hand. Dear Lord, I want to pray out loud with my wife in Jesus' name, amen. Now we laughed, ah! You know what, if you did that, if somebody did it, I don't need to see your hand. And what was the wife's prayer? And sweet dreams in Jesus' name, amen. If that was your first prayer out loud together, you did something good. And we laugh at it, but at the same time, the principle is do something, grow. But we, some of us know to do that, but we still haven't done it. I love doing devotions with my kids when they were little. Looking back, I wish I'd have done them twice as much as I did. Sometimes I was just too busy. Sometimes, sometimes I just got let life get in the way. Sometimes other things took priority when they shouldn't. That can be falling down. So I'm not just talking about like sin, okay? So be careful. Now, am I talking about sin? Maybe, because the next step is, besides not doing what you know you're supposed to do, it's doing what you know you're not supposed to do. All right? Now, I'm speaking to a crowd here tonight. You're followers of Christ, and, you know, I want to be real with you. Sin. I don't know. The Bible says to him who knows to do good and doesn't do it, that is sin. Think about that for a minute. So before we get into, I don't want you to categorize. I don't want you to start thinking about levels of sin, because that's religion, if you want to know the truth. Sin is sin. And we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, every single one of us. That's the common denominator. We all need a physician, amen? amen. So, so when I say we fall down, I mean sometimes it's simple things. We just, did, we just didn't do something we know we're supposed to do, and maybe we didn't do it a few times in a row, and then we developed that negative habit of not doing something we know we're supposed to do. You know, I haven't read the word for a month. If, you know, I, if, if I could sit you down and talk with you, there'd be people, Christians, followers of Christ. I haven't read the Bible for a month. Can you be that authentic? That's, you know, that's one question. 
Then the second question is, if you've done that, you know, you're, you, know you should read the word, right? I'm not reading the word. I'm not saying that's sin. I'm saying that you know you should read the word, but if you didn't read the word, you've fallen for six, six weeks, five weeks, whatever. The other thing is you do things you know you're not supposed to do, and that is sin. And sin brings what? Death. Say that again. Sin, sin always brings death. So when we get into the realm of sin, there's another level to it. But I want to talk to you tonight about both because I really believe we've got to get good at this. I really believe as a church, as a body of Christ, we've got to get good at this. And the followers of Christ, I believe there's more of an onus on us to do this for each other, with each other, and then certainly to the babes in Christ who are coming along behind us. Because there's lots of babes in Christ around us. They are. They're learning. They're coming in. They're growing. I mean, my gosh, every I don't even know the number, but every weekend we have people getting saved at Joy Christian Center. And so many of them don't have a clue about, you know, the Bible and even terms I'm using tonight. They'd be sitting here going, what's he talking about? So we got to watch that. But, but we're here for them too, right? Disciplined followers, we're here for them too. So for each other, for ourselves, get this right, then for each other, but then also for others. So that's the vein I want to talk about tonight. Uh, Paul wrote about, you know, whether when it comes to the carnal and the spirit, Paul wrote about it in Romans 7. And I say I love it because Paul's like, the thing I know I'm supposed to do, I don't do. And the very thing I know I'm not supposed to do, I find myself doing. Go read that in a couple different translations, and you're going to get the gist of it. And the gist of it is, the very thing he said. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm, I didn't do it. I know what I'm not supposed to do. I know what I'm not I did it. Now, he ends in a good place. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who can save me? You guys, give the, give the Sunday school answer. Jesus. Now, I say it that way, but I'm telling you, he gave the answer, and there is an answer. But don't overlook the fact that even Paul, the writer of the epistles, said, I don't do the things I know I'm supposed to do and the very things I'm not supposed to do, I find myself doing. So I want to talk tonight about falling down and what do we do. And there's three things I'm going to end up focusing on. You know, Pastor Brian yesterday even mentioned some people, you know, when he talked about families, he said, oh, let's go to the Bible. Because everybody says, go to the Word. All right, go to the Word. Go to the word. Let's talk about the, the people in the Bible. Well, let's see. First of all, you had Jonah. What was Jonah's big sin, if you want to call it sin? No, what was his big sin? We, we call it disobedience. You know what his sin was? He knew what he was supposed to do, and he didn't do it. We created this big theological thing around it, because there's a whale involved. He just, he just knew what he was supposed to do, and he didn't do it. It's not any more complicated than that. But that's our biblical example of our leader, Jonah. Okay? Another one, Jacob. What was Jacob's deal? I did a whole message on Jacob one time. I should do it again sometime. The word Jacob means heel snatcher. What was his deal? What was it? He was a deceiver. Is that up there? Oh, you got it without the answer. Woo! He was a, he was a trickster. He was a, he was a snake is what he was. Jacob was a snake. If he could find a way around it, over it, underneath it, he would. And he did. God eventually changed his name to Israel, made him walk a little different. You got to read that. I can't go there. Moses, Moses had issues. Remember what Moses' issue was? He was, well, before, I'm talking about his issue even after he was leading the body of the, he, was, he wasn't a disciple of Christ, obviously. Jesus in the flesh hadn't come yet. But he was a follower of God. He was a leader of others. And what was his deal? He had an anger problem. 
Actually, you ever heard this term? Be angry, but don't. That should tell you right there. Anger's going to come. Well, Moses' deal, well, his fall down was he, he, he would get angry and he would respond. I can't tell you the whole story. Go read it. He did it. God hit the rock. He hit the rock. Then later God didn't tell him to hit the rock. He still hit the rock. Why? Because he was angry at who? The people. He even told them that. These people you gave me. I think God's just awesome. Because he's so what? Full of mercy, isn't he? So biblical examples of those who have fallen. David, David, you know, David, man after God's own heart. Again, talked about yesterday in the standpoint of the family. David, David had issues upon issues. He just did. You know what that made him? Human. I have issues upon issues. You know what that makes me? Human. Now, sometimes, and you might go, oh, tell us about your issues, Pastor John. All right, I'll tell you about mine if you tell me about yours. Right? And some of us should do that. We'll get to that in a minute. We're going to get there. (laughs) My friend's looking at me like, no, don't tell me. (laughs) I'm trying to help you to understand and see that even biblically, okay, David, David's thing was he lusted after things, ultimately, just so you want to, like, that's what it ultimately came down to for him. He lusted after things more than he lusted after God, or doing the things that God was asking him to do, because when he was supposed to be at battle, he wasn't at battle. He stayed home, and then when he stayed at home, the lust came into play, but it was a lust for things. We think it was this, you know, that's the funny thing, lust gets tied up sometimes into this fleshly and beauty thing. Lust is just simply desiring something above God, anything. That's what lust is. That's all it is. It's desiring anything more than God. That's lust. Um, Peter. Peter. Okay, I'll give you a New Testament example. What was Peter's deal? I don't know. You name it, man. Once again, Peter. (laughs) Ultimately, for Peter, though, a lot of it came down to one word, pride. Pride. Because he knew some things. But then every time he would know some things, it would puff him up, I think. Well, I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to talk about Peter later. It's one of the neatest restoration and healing things you'll ever hear. Like, God loved Peter, man. God loves me and you. Say amen. God loves you. In, in all of your weaknesses, in all of your fall downs, God loves you. And he never gave up on Peter. And, and Peter, he restored Peter, and he's like, Peter, I love you. Like, I'll show you later how he did that. But then later on, in Peter's ministry, later, Peter's got the same problem. Who's he calling unclean later in his ministry down the road? Who's he calling unclean later? The Gentiles. You and me, if we're not Jewish. So he's looked at us, he goes, they're unclean. They don't even get the gospel. And God had to show up and tell him, hey, 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 buddy. That pride thing, right? <laughs> Don't call the things that I call clean unclean. And he had to show them. That was just Peter's pride showing up and manifesting in a different way. So we see these leaders, and they all had these things going on. Their humanity, their flesh. And God wanted to meet them right where they were, and God wanted to be their healer. But I want to talk to you tonight about what happens when we fall down. There's three things, okay? And I was thinking about, anybody remember the commercials? I've fallen, and I can't get up. Anybody remember those? I don't know if the younger kids would. But I'm falling and I can't get up. They're redoing them now. I saw this. Like they're remaking them. I'm like, what a lame commercial to remake. Yeah, right? Anyway, I'm falling and I can't get up. 
Now, a couple distinctions. There are people who have fallen and they can't get up, and we should we should, we got to do everything we can to get the ER. Woo! Bring the joyride ambulance. Woo! And help them because they've fallen and they can't get up. Okay. And then there are people, and and I don't want it to be you or me. They've fallen and they don't want to get up. That's a whole different message. I can't preach tonight. Because I've fallen and I can't get up is way different than I've fallen and I don't want to get up. And they, they will lead to different outcomes. Trust me. Believe you me. Okay? Um, so I want to draw that distinction. But I want to talk tonight about what happens when I fall. Here, here's the thing. There's three things you need to do. Number one, here it is. Real biblical. Get up! No, I'm, I'm going to talk to you if you've fallen. And I mean if you've fallen and you've not done the things that you know you're supposed to do... Or you've fallen and there's sin involved. I got news for you. It's the same solution. Here's the first thing. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Why? I want to I just focus on this one for a minute because it might seem simple to you. Getting up, I'm going to use the simple analogy of the Bible reading thing, but then I want to apply it to other areas of our life. Getting up can be as simple as picking up where you left off. Get up. Yeah, but I fell down again. I know, get up. Get up. Now, some of you might be hearing that and you're thinking, well, you know, I, I need somebody else to help me up. Well, yeah, there, there's a biblical truth that talks about, I don't want you to fall. Actually, the threefold cord thing that the, we use at weddings all the time, do you know what? That's biblical in the sense of it's talking about a threefold cord is not easily broken. That's God, me, and you. Who, who, uh, who wants to be the one who fell down and didn't have a brother there to help them up? So, yeah, I understand there are people who need help. I'm talking to you right now about the times when you know you've fallen. Who knows you've fallen first? Who? Yeah, I mean, and I, well, I don't care whether it's a mistake or whether it's sin. Who knew first? Besides God. Okay? You did, right? I'm telling you guys, be well-versed at getting up. Be well-versed at getting up. What does getting up mean? It may mean just go to church, if that's what you know. Go to church. Show up. Get up. Do the thing that you knew to be doing. What's the thing? In the Bible reading, what would be the common thing? So uh, what was the Bible reading for today? Thank you. Numbers, right? Shelly knows too. I know. Uh, Okay. There's Bible reading plans. I was going to read the Bible. I didn't. I haven't read it for a week, two weeks, three weeks. What's the, what's the normal thing people do? They just quit. How many of you know reading the Bible is good for you? It's going to bring you strength. It's going to be bread. It's going to be light. It's going to be water. It's going to be all those things. Nourishment, joy, all those things. How many of you know that? I got news for you. Jump right back in at Numbers. You don't even have to go back and try to read all the things you missed. Who cares? Yesterday's gone. Today's a new day. Move. Here's the thing. Get up. Pick up where you left off. Now, I want you to take that same analogy to anything. You fall down. You make a mistake. You don't do the things you know you're supposed to do. Or you do the thing you know you're not supposed to do. Here's the deal. Get up. Get up. Go do the thing you know to do. Go do the last thing you know God instructed you to do. What was the last thing he instructed you to do? I don't know. Well, then we'll get there. I'll tell you what to do if you don't remember. It's been so long. I don't remember. Okay, well, then I'll tell you what to do. But the first thing you need to be do is be willing to get up. You know, I was thinking about this. Uh, I had a few years ago, I had, the, I had the privilege of being in some 
classes for people who struggle with addiction. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily for me, although it helped me, and I'm not downplaying it because I was so blessed sitting in some of those meetings. And one of the first things I heard somebody say there is, the only thing you need to have here is a desire to be clean. That's the one thing we want you to have is a desire to be clean. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, how cool is that? Because there could be people in the room tonight who aren't clean, but they have a desire to be clean. Church, we got to have a desire to follow Jesus Christ. And sometimes we fall down, we just got to have a desire to get up. Somebody say amen. Because I'm telling you, this is for you, but it's also for the one next to you, and it's also for those who are going to be around us. Since we're the disciples, we're the followers of Christ, the rest of the ones coming in, the new believers are going to need to know this, and they're going to need to see it in us, and then we're going to have to model it, and then we're going to have to teach them, and then they're going to see it. They learn best when they see it. You hear what I'm saying? So we got to learn to get up. Pick up where you left off. Do the last thing you knew to be doing. By the way, this is simple. Do not let the enemy complicate this. Do not, the enemy will give you 60 reasons you can't, 60 reasons you shouldn't. He'll, he'll, he'll shame you. He'll, he'll bring guilt. I'm telling you right now, if there is shame and guilt, it didn't come from God Almighty or his son or his Holy Spirit. Listen to me. If there is shame and guilt, it did not come from God. So I need this to be simple. And here's what I need you to know. First of all, God wants you to get up. God will help you get up. He'll give you the strength to get up. And when the enemy lies to you and he tells you all those things to keep you down, I got news for you. Tell him who he is. He's a loser. Biblically speaking, Jesus whipped him already, took all his power away, and gave it to me and you, the church. So you got to tell the devil when he's telling you that, say, I'm getting up and you can't do nothing about it, devil, in Jesus' name. I'm getting up. You know, and we, we <laughs> I don't mean, I don't want to put all this on going to church. It's just our best analogy because we go to church a lot. But we meet people, they're like, man, I'm sorry I haven't been in church. You know what? Do not be sorry you haven't been in church. Please don't. I'm so glad you're here today. Whew. How many people just need to know it's okay? Come back to where you know to be. And I'm not just talking about Joy Christian Center. I'm talking about with other believers. Get up. Get up, go back to doing what you know you're supposed to do, whatever that is. Do the last thing God instructed you to do. Don't complicate it and don't let the enemy complicate it. Amen? Amen. So the first thing I taught you tonight is get up. Here's the next thing. This seems really weird, but find Jesus. Locate Jesus. Because <laughs> after you get up, that seems funny, but here's what I need you to know. We are followers of Jesus. We are followers of Jesus. Pastor Brian, I, Shelly, you, Commander Ron, everybody. We are followers of Jesus Christ. So after, even maybe before, but certainly after you get up, locate Jesus. Now that sounds funny. What do you mean locate him? Well, I got news. He didn't go far. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But see, it's the other lie the enemy told you. God, he's mad. Eh, lie. He, he is not mad. He's full of mercy. He's full of compassion. He wants you to get up. That's why he'll lift you up. He'll, he'll bring you up. But after you get up, locate Jesus. Here's what I mean by that. Take some time. Pray. You and Jesus. And folks, listen. This is you and Jesus. You and Jesus. What do I mean by that? <laughs> Pastor Brian did a whole series on prayer. Find a place where it's you and Jesus alone. And talk to Jesus. He'll talk to you. He, I can't even, I don't even know how else to say it. I don't have to say it. I don't have to guarantee it. He will speak to you. So when you get up, locate Jesus. 
Start talking to him. You know, and maybe you have to, maybe you have to confess your sin. Maybe your fall down was sin. You know what you have to do? Confess your sin. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen. Period. Period. Huh. So if you've got to start there, start there, but don't stay there. Amen? No, he doesn't want you to stay there either. I'll be honest, this helped me a lot way back when I, I was coming out of sin. My whole life was sin. It was just sin. Like, now I don't will to sin. I may sin, but I don't have a desire to sin. I don't want anything to do with sin. But there was a time in my life where, bring it. I'm like, Nick, if I was going to do it, I did it 100%. But, but you know what? I came out of that, and I found freedom in my life. And he didn't want me to, he, I, I learned this. He says, I will take your sin and remove it. Listen, I'm talking about once you've gotten up and you saw Jesus and you confessed your sin. Confess your sin. Everybody say that. Okay, tell him what you did. I got news. He's not going to go, really? He already knows. But he wants you to confess it because he'll bring freedom your way. I'm talking about freedom. Like you'll feel freedom on the inside. A freedom you could never feel unless you went to him. And you go to him and you say, Jesus, this is what I've done. Would you forgive me? He says, yes. Now here's what he says. I will remember your sin no more. As far as the east is from the west, I will remove your sin from you. And I heard someone teach this and it helped me so much when I was coming out of that life of sin. And I'm talking about a life of willful sin. And I was coming out of it. Somebody taught me, they're like, you know what, if you're still talking to God about that, he doesn't even remember it anymore. What are you still talking to him about it for? And I was like, that was weird for me because I'd be like, God, remember when? He's like, nope. Like, they taught this, and it's biblical. I, if God said, I will remember your sin no more, Scott, I'm talking about confess sin that you gave to him and the blood covered it, and he says, I'll remember it no more, and you're talking to him about it, what else is he going to do? He, he said, I will remember it no more, so you're talking to him. He's going, what are you talking about? No, you know. No, he doesn't. He didn't say, I will forget your sin. He said, I will remember it no more. There's a big difference. Because if you forget something, you can what? He said, I will remember your sin no more. So get up and locate Jesus. Now, when I say locate Jesus, I'm also talking about just start a conversation. Pick it back up. He's right there. He never left. He's close. Go into the woods. Go into your bathroom. My quiet place was my bathroom. Early in the morning, I'd go into the bathroom and shut the door, put on my headphones, and open my Bible. I did that for years, literally years. I don't do that anymore. What? Because I had girls? No, no, that's not why. I don't know why. I, my, that's not my place, but it was for years. All I'm telling you is find your place and pray to Jesus and listen. He will speak to you. He'll tell you what to do next. He will help you. He will encourage you. He will lift you up. He will guide you. He will teach you. He will show you. So after you get up, locate Jesus. And then after you locate him, start a conversation with him. Because he will teach you. He will lead you. He will instruct you. He said, my sheep will know my. My sheep will know my. And a stranger's voice they will not follow. So here's the funny thing. Anybody ever been praying? They're like, I don't know if that's Jesus or not. If we're going to be real again. Well, I don't know. He said, you'll know my voice and you'll know a stranger's voice and you won't follow it. Okay, then I'm just going to go with it because he said that. So I'm going to listen. Now everything he tells me, I'm bouncing against the word. Jesus will never speak contrary to his word, but I know his voice. Say amen. So I get up and I locate Jesus. 
He's the one we're following. Never, here's what I was thinking about. If you've fallen down and you get up and you're located, never, and if, if I'm wrong, I don't know, I, don't, I, I think it's almost impossible, but never can I find an example where anyone came to Jesus, anyone came to Jesus in a way that was seeking, and he didn't meet them with love, grace, mercy, compassion, joy, feel them with healing. I mean, I can so if you get up and then you locate Jesus, I promise you, you're going to get the same thing that he did then because that's who he is. And if it's shame and it's guilt, it's not God. I'm just telling you. So get up and then locate Jesus. I thought about this. This is Peter again. I, just, I went and read this today because I thought it was so interesting. Peter, one of my favorite stories of finding Jesus again was Peter after he denied Christ three times. And you all know the story, most of it. I can't go into it all, but he, he told Jesus, I'll never deny you, didn't he? And then what did Jesus tell him? <laughs> How did he say it, Nick? Yeah. He said, before this day has even come to an end, you're going to do it three times. I'm sorry, I put myself in Peter's feet, Peter's position. How many of you think Peter loved Jesus? I do. But Peter fell down, didn't he? Three times he denied his three times he denied his savior. And then the third time, right as he does it, the rooster crows. Says he wept. Because he knew he's I, I fell. I heard I fell down. Here's the story of restoration that's so beautiful. When I talk about locating Jesus. He shows up to the disciples. You can go read it, it's in the Gospel of John. He shows up to the disciples. He meets him in the room. Everybody was there except Thomas. So then, of course, Thomas didn't what? <laughs> didn't believe. <laughs> but he shows up to all the disciples. So he's, Peter's already seen him again, but Peter's probably still struggling, is my guess, from the story that we're about to hear. Because just a few verses later, after he showed up to the disciples, and then after he showed up a second time to the disciples, this time to Thomas, and went, stick them in there. Go ahead. Stick your hands in there. See that they're real. That was all 12 again. But now this time, Peter, it's, I don't know why, it says, Peter says, I'm going fishing. Peter took a few of his friends, and they, they said, we're going too, and they went fishing. Then they're out fishing. And all of a sudden, at sunrise, I think it was in the morning, there's a man on shore, and he says, hey, you catching any fish? And they said, we haven't caught anything all night. And then he tells them, throw your net on the right side of the boat. So they do. And all of a sudden, their nets are so full, they can't pull them up. Wait, this happened before, didn't it? Didn't it happen before? This is restoration. This is one who fell down. Actually, I think it's crazy, but in the Gospel of John, John again wrote, and the disciple whom Jesus loved, him, says, that's Jesus. Remember what Peter did? Well, he, first he gets dressed, then he jumps in the water and swims to Jesus because it's Jesus. He's so excited to go back because Jesus is there. Jesus, now Jesus feeds them breakfast. Now they know it's him. And then Jesus starts asking them this question. Peter, do you love me? What kind of a question is that after what Peter's been through? And Peter's like, I love you. You know I love you. Three times he asks him and every time Jesus says, then feed my sheep. 
Jesus now is telling him, look, not only am I going to restore you, but now there's kingdom business at hand. There's others coming along. Listen, people, there's kingdom business at hand. There are others coming along. They need you and they need me to be good at getting up, locating Jesus. Then the third one is this. Find a companion. Find a companion. Find a companion. Here's what I'm saying. Look around the room. Look around the room. Look around the room. Find a companion. Find a companion. We have... We have this thing that we're, everybody who serves a joy, new culture, we're creating a dream team. One of the values of the dream team that we're going to work to create this year, and trust me, it doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't happen, it does. If you've ever been to the men's coffees on Saturday morning, I hear it's happening. If you've ever been to the men's meetings, it's happening. People are finding companions. They're finding authentic relationship. They're hooking up with one another. Here's why we need authentic relationship. The dream team core value is I will build relationship with those on my team. If you serve on the dream team, one of our core values this year is we want to begin to build relationship, build relationship, build relationship with those who we serve with on our team. Now, building relationship doesn't happen on Sundays necessarily. It can. Use Dream Team Central. Go get a back rub, have a cup of coffee, not while you're supposed to be serving. But when you're not, go back there and enjoy it. That's what it's for. Why? So you can talk with one another, get to know one another. But you can establish relationship outside of the walls of the, the building, and you need to do that. And here's why. Because we need each other. Because, folks, when I talk about falling down, yes, we need to get up. Yes, we need to locate Jesus. But I got news for you. We need one another. I need you. You need me. And this isn't like people to pastor. This is people to people, followers of Christ to followers of Christ. This is us to one another. You need to build relationships so that you have someone, that companion, because the third step after you get up, the next step is to locate Jesus, and the third one is find that companion. What do you do with that companion? Here's what you do with that companion. This is scriptural. Pull up James. James, I think it's the next verse. James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We know the next part of this. The, right, the prayers of the righteous make much power available. It's one of my most favorite scriptures of all time. The prayer of the righteous. Who's righteous? Who's righteous? Maybe you don't know. Maybe you got to learn. You are righteous. You are righteous. You are righteous. And the prayers, the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous make great things happen in God's kingdom. And that verse is tied right next to confess your sins one to another. What does that mean? It means this. Scott, if, I, if that's you in my life, we sit down, we get to know, we trust, we build relationship. Why? So that I can come to you and I can say, brother, I'm struggling with this. Brother, I haven't done this for a while and I know I'm supposed to. And you know what? That's authenticity. You just see what I'm saying? And you know what? That is, that is, not, that is not an option for followers of Christ, folks. That's a requirement. If we want to live in freedom, then we've got to understand it's time that we confess our sins one to another, not so that we can judge each other, not so that we condemn each other, but take the prayer of the righteous tied right to it. Why? So that I can pray for my brother. And when I begin to pray for my brother and I begin to confess the word of God over him and he confesses it over me, now we're going to find freedom and healing in Jesus. Do you see how those are tied together? This is, this is a non-negotiable in the life of a believer. Folks, I'm not telling you this for anybody's benefit except your own. 
And if you don't have those relationships, it's time to develop those relationships. You gotta get up, yes, you gotta locate Jesus, yes, but you better find a companion or two. And then I'm gonna close tonight with this thought. If you wanna be a good companion, how many of you wanna be a good companion? How many of you wanna be the one somebody could come to? I want you to stand up, all of you, not, you know, not just the companions. I want all of you to stand up for a minute. I, I really... I really believe that there are some here tonight, you've fallen down, and tonight's the night you're just gonna confess it before God, before men, and you're gonna find freedom. You're gonna get up, you're gonna locate Jesus, and you're gonna begin to move on, and God's gonna be there going, woo, let's do this. Here I am, I never left, healing comes. But I also believe the other thing is true. There are some in this room, you've never quite understood the concept of having somebody else or being the person, and here's what I'm gonna speak to, being the person that others can come to and be that authentic with. Why? So that together you find freedom in Christ. And for some of you tonight, it's tonight. Make that commitment. I'm, I'm, Lord, I want to learn to do that. Here's what I'm going to give you. If you said, I want to be one of those companions, I wrote these two things down. Here's what you're going to have to commit to. Be a light, not a judge. Who am I to judge? Who are you to judge? If Jesus didn't even come to judge, who are we? I didn't come to judge the world, Jesus said. Well, Jesus didn't come to, if you're gonna be the kind of companion, then we gotta get authentic and we gotta get real and then we gotta get to a place where when someone is being that transparent, we can say to them with all, everything in us, God's got you, healing is yours. Get up, walk in Jesus' name. No judgment. Here's the other thing, though. Be a model, not a critic. Don't be a critic. People fall down. Don't be a critic. People fall down. Do they really need criticism? Do they really need the body of Christ kicking them? Do they? not at all. So you want to be you want to be that person? Be a light, not a judge. Be a model, not a critic. Okay? So I want you to close your eyes. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you. Father, I thank you for freedom. I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for love. I thank you for mercy. I thank you for grace. I thank you, God, that you've forgiven us, you've removed our sin from us, that we are children of yours. God, we're called sons and daughters. God, we are called kings and priests. Father, to the world, that's peculiar, but God, to us, we want that to be normal. God, we want to walk in the son and daughtership of God. We want to walk with you every single day. Father, you don't, you don't leave us and you don't forsake us, but God, we fall down sometimes. Father, we got to just understand and admit that sometimes we fall down. And God, we're going to be quick to be able to get up. But God, we're going to locate you first and fast. And then, God, we're going to also learn to be a companion. Father, we're going to seek out companions and authentic relationship with other believers. But God, we're also going to be that. If you're here tonight, and I just want to do this quickly, I don't want to drag it out, but if you're here tonight and you're saying, I've fallen down, either it's something you know you're supposed to do and you haven't done, and there's been the Holy Spirit, good conviction, drawing you back to him, 
just saying, come back. Or number two, you've sinned and you want to confess that before God tonight. Not before me, but if that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, raise your hand tonight. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being authentic before God. God sees. God knows. God loves you. God forgives you. Here's what I need you to do. I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you see their hands. God, I don't know what's going on in their lives, but you do. You knew when they came in tonight. Father, you've been wooing them. You've been calling them. Father, you've been speaking to them. Father, you've been trying to bring them closer to you. Father, I thank you that tonight they've made a decision that they're not going to live there. They're not going to stay down. God, they're going to get up tonight. And Father, they located you. And Father, I thank you that they're going to know your voice. They're going to hear your voice. And a stranger's voice they will not follow. Father, I pray that you would speak a word to them tonight in season, God, that you would speak to them in the nighttime. God, that you would, with your still small voice, that you would speak to them every single day. Father, whether it's through your word or through another believer or, Father, just through your Holy Spirit, God, they're going to know that, Father, you are speaking to them. Father, they'll, they'll receive that healing. They'll receive that freedom in the mighty name of Jesus. Now I'm going to ask a deeper question, and I don't want you to put your hand up. I don't want you to put your hand up because you're just, you just want I want you to put your hand up if you mean this. If you're here tonight and you'd say, I I want to be authentic and I want to be there for someone but I also know that I need someone and maybe for the first time tonight you're going to make a decision to be authentic and confess your sins one to another so you want to not only do it but you also want to be it if that's you tonight lift up your hand because I'm going to pray for you Father I thank you I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit I thank you Lord God it's by your spirit God that we do anything that we do Father it's not by our own might it's not by our own strength God we can't do the things that you called us to do in our own might and in our own strength so Father Father, for those that have raised their hands this evening, God, committing to either be authentic for the first time or be someone who can be there for someone else, God, I pray that by your spirit, Father, by the Holy Spirit, you would give them, Father, everything that they have need of to be successful in this life in that regard. That, God, they would learn to be authentic for the first time. And, Father, as they begin to pray for their brother and sister, God, I thank you that you do exactly what you said you would do. You'd bring great healing into the lives of the followers of you, Father God, that there would be healing that comes at new levels like never before. Things that held us, Father, for years will no longer hold us because we confess our sins one to another. And, Father, we pray for one another. And, God, when we pray, we know that much power is made available when the righteous pray. So we rejoice in that tonight, God. We stand in your freedom in Jesus' mighty name. And the church said? Amen. And the church said? Amen. amen, amen, amen. If you made a decision today to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we would love to hear about it. Please email us or contact us through our website, greatjoy.org.